Dave Patrick. Oh, I got you. So, hey, buddy, have I ever told you how much I love your smile? It's a Monday. I got to start the day off letting you know I love your smile. Also, I know how you got your smile. I know you got yourself hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're taking care of us. They're taking care of you. Located over there in Lakewood, they are the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro. They're extreme Colorado sports fans just like X us. And if you schedule an x-ray cleaning or exam today, they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Make sure you tag them and us when you go there. Show them that you're showing this community some support. You're showing us some support. Everybody involved wins when you go just 15 minutes from downtown Denver and check out our friends at Green Mountain Dental. Get yourself hooked up with that free Sonicare toothbrush. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons, and we have got much to discuss on today's show. We're hoping to, if we've got time, introduce a new fun game we're going to start playing here where we look into the past and try to remember some ball players from years gone by. We're going to do a little bit more of the Memorabilia Minute. Those of you that saw that on the debut got to see Patrick present some very, very interesting items he's gotten recently. I'm going to reach into my, not way back, but a little farther back file and, and show you something interesting. But before all of that, of course, we have got to get into the latest and certainly not greatest. Now, we're, we're, that's not been on the table for a while, but the latest in... The ongoing negotiations between MLB owners and the MLBPA Players Association. And uh, it, it may even be the case that news breaks as we're having this conversation here. We're expected uh, to hear from the players who are voting right now on the most recent proposal. And there's been some conversation about whether or not Rob Manfred, commissioner, is going to come out and speak uh, Patrick, I'll get you in here in a minute, but let's just get people up to date on the most recent. And I'm just going from um, Jim Bowden on Twitter, uh, tweeting out that this is essentially what the players are voting on now. A 60-game, full prorated salaried season. No salary ga guarantee in the event that games are not played. 
uh, a $25 million minimum playoff pool for 2020. This rule is so weird to me. Um, if fewer than 50 games are played, then 2021 extends playoffs and the DH is removed. Okay, I, I, I'm not fully sure I understand that. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but I don't know what it is yet. And then you've got uh, no additional salary relief. There had been some talk of how much beyond what's being negotiated here uh, should be allocated toward the players who basically have nothing. Um, and then the final thing being no modifications to qualifying offers and of course that's a big conversation about what do we do uh, with certain contract uh, stipulations uh, now that this is throwing everything completely out of whack and you know and it sounds like uh, the players may have an opportunity to to just leave that which is a benefit to them Uh, but there's a lot to unpack here Patrick what what is sort of your your top line reaction I think we're definitely getting closer towards having some kind of an agreement, which is, you know, should make us feel positive. But unfortunately, with the climate, there's also was news over the weekend that about 40 different players had tested positive for COVID-19, mainly in Florida and the Phillies and the Toronto Blue Jays. They closed up their their facilities. Major League Baseball said that all of the teams in Arizona and Florida, the Cactus and Grapefruit Leagues, they will no longer be training there and, and will now you know, push up north to the team's major league facilities. So, right. you know, if they give the thumbs up, that's great. And then at that point, we're really, you know, we, we don't have any agreement with this, this virus, unfortunately. So, you know, I do hope that we can get past this, this hurdle here. And, and it seems like things are, you know, a lot closer. And there, there could even be some interesting details within there that, haven't really been addressed in, in Bowden's tweet. I, I know the players kind of shot back and said that players who uh, are, you know, are compromised, their immune is compromised, they can sit out, and of course, they would either um, can 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 take the money or they can take a, the the year of service time. And it's kind of been amended because players like Mike Trout and Garrett Cole, their wives are both pregnant, so. Right. They, they've kind of amended it to say, hey, if somebody in your immediate family, you know, could be compromised by something like this, then you also have the option, uh, but you would not be paid and you would not receive service time. So that could, you know, be another wrinkle within all of this that could really, you know, kind of upend this thing a bit. But but hopefully the news that comes out shortly, the, the players have, you know, agreed to this. I, I think it's a good deal. I know. It, it may be a, a leg up for the owners in a sense because of some of the things that have been that may be pulled away for the 2021 season, like the universal DH and extended playoffs. But it, it may be the, the last chance for something like this to, to finally go down. Yeah. Um, you know, that, and that's that's the unfortunate aspect of the way this has been played from the owners by the beginning and why from the beginning, I should say, and, and why they've always had more leverage was because, well, the, you can't go backwards in time. And and the further we get into the year, the fewer games are going to be played no matter what. Because I do think that the biggest sticking point here for the players, you know, especially if this had been proposed a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, would have been that 60, num- 60 games is just not enough. Now... 
they may just be forced into having to accept this. And, and I know they would still rather play more games than that. Um, and yes, part of that is because if you're getting full prorated salaries, then that means 10 more games means 10 more days of getting paid. And that that's why there's been this big fight over the number of games since the owners basically decided, yeah, we, we already promised you prorated salaries. We can't go back on that. That's what the fight has been over. And so uh, in a way, like I'll be frustrated because it'll seem like, you know, the owners have just forced a win for their hand. But at the same time, I'll be happy because baseball will come back. We'll get something. I do think there are wins in here for the players that, um, you know, it's easy for me to say I can accept as somebody who's very clearly been way more on that side than the other, you know, the, the number of games is frustrating. It's frustrating for us all, but 60 games of baseball is better than zero games of baseball. Um, and, and like you said, the other point is, and, and I've tried to do this too, it, it kind of separate the two things of like, they need a framework to play. And then there's this, uh, the Corona stuff. There's, then there's the whole COVID problem. Right. Um, and it, and it almost seems like the sooner they get back out there and play, the sooner there can be some baseball before we know whatever second wave there's going to be or or there there could be another potential shutdown or whatever it is, right? Like, so, so on that level, it's just like, those two things are separate. At the same time, time is of the essence. They need to figure this out relatively soon. Um, I think the... I hope the players have proved their point. I hope people have realized, and if they need to come back around, sadly, next time and make their point again, I think they will. Um, but this may be a deal they just have to accept. And the owners are getting what they want because, you know, this should have been all worked out by June 1st. And, you know, the players wanted an X amount of games and owners wanted many less than that. And because this negotiation has now reached... The, the culmination of three full weeks, well, in a way, the owners have gotten what they've wanted. I, I think, you know, there, there are some statistics being, you know, knocked around that there would be, for a 60-game season, they would only have 66 days to do that, which means players are getting an off day every nine days, which, you know, according to their, you know, agreement is is kind of null and void. You, you can't have that. So, you know, if they if they do pass this and they they do vote in favor i know that you know the no earlier than than june 29th would be the start of that spring training 2.0 and that the season would start on or around you know july 19th like that was what the last proposals going back and forth said so you know, and, and ultimately, you know, Manfred has the ability to just mandate a season of 54 or 60 games, too. So there's this other element to it that I think that's that's the negotiating in, in the public that MLB doesn't really want to mess with and, and do it and say, well, the commissioner is the one who said this. Well, no, if we can get an agreement from the Players Association, both sides have agreed to it and you can then point the fingers and, and what have you but if it's the commissioner saying 60 well then the commissioner said 60 not right. the commissioner and the players association it's just him and anything bad that happens because of it is because of him so I, I think the owners are finally realizing that now like when 
when Manfred goes out on day one of the draft and says, there will 100% be a season, and then immediately has to turn around and say, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that we're going to do that at all. And you realize, like, we, you can't have it both ways. You can't have the leverage and then also win it, you know, win, win this battle in the public. You, you can't really do those things. So, you know, choose wisely. Yeah. And, and that, I think, could be the biggest reason if the, the players reject it. I think it will be for the sake of their own leverage. And in that instance, uh, you know, like you were just saying, basically forcing because because the owners have forced the players into this situation where all they can do is either say yes to this or let Manfred implement it on his own. Doing the second thing there, letting Manfred implement it on his own, puts all of the responsibility on him and the owners for the situation. And it's something that I think they would do. Um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if here in the, in the next little bit that we hear one of those two things has happened, that either the players have accepted the deal, which I think grants them a certain amount of leverage to say, hey, look, we all came together. Now don't be mad at us. Now no one, you know, we did the thing. But I, I do think that they gain more leverage if they go the other way. They reject the deal um, because they say, look, this was negotiated the entire time with our hands tied behind our backs. And you're going to do this anyway. This is going to be what the season looks like if Rob Manfred implements it on his own anyway. So the players are almost saying, you know, we're, we're not going to take responsibility for how this turned out. Um, but I think either way, they're they're going to play some baseball. They're at least going to try to get out there, but we don't know what happens health wise. But they're gonna they're going to tell us an announcement of a certain number of games and a start date for spring training and the season, probably here pretty soon. I, I would expect. Yeah, and then and then from there, you know, that three week slog, uh, give or take, from the start of spring training 2.0 to the start of the season, it'll be like every day, you know, a piece of news could come out and that really is, is somewhat damning. And we say, we might not even start the season because that's where baseball has the disadvantage um, on the other sports in that, you know, the other seasons have played like the NFL hasn't been impacted at all by this ultimately. Right. right? They didn't right. have to cancel any games. NHL got in part of their season. NBA got in part of their season. And, and in the grand scheme of things, a year from now, we could be almost under the same exact situation, and then it's like, okay, everyone pretty much lost the same amount. But right now, it seems like baseball has been on the short end to a degree, right? right and right. and it'll just be a, be a wait-and-see matter uh, at that point. But we, we still got to get past this first hurdle and, and try to maybe win some fans back. I know that Griffey documentary last night got some people intrigued. So hopefully the players will, will come out and, and give it a thumbs up. Everyone can kind of just shake hands, go their separate ways, be smiling. And, you know, we may start to see more video coming out of guys practicing at Coors Field, the crack of the bat. And, you know, we, we start to feel better about, about the sport we love so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will we'll be cracking back, uh, by the way, with some Breck brews and some farmhouse food. Absolutely, from our friends over at the Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse. You can get delicious food, even more deliciouser beer. I'm pretty sure that's a technical technical term uh, there from the farmhouse. And you can save five bucks if you use the code DNVR. 
They are open for pickup from noon to 8 p.m. If you call 303-803-1380, tell them Drew and Patrick sent you down there for some delicious barbecue, some wings, some burgers, whatever it is, and a 15-can sampler of your choice. I've been on that mile-high copper lager kick lately. It's really been doing it for me in this warmer weather as I sit out with the dogs in the backyard in the sun that's basically the sun i'm getting these days uh, but that mile high copper lager just the perfect companion for that and we will be awaiting hopefully some news some positive news out of the world of baseball here very soon and will makes a fantastic point here saying that a 60 game season would be the easiest road to winning a championship the rockies may likely ever have and you know what I will say this, this is often the case with the Rockies, and I try to make this point as often as I can because they're in an extreme environment. And so what is often the case is that things that can be true of given certain things will be extremely true for the Rockies. So actually, a 60-game season is a big advantage for any team that isn't super stacked with resources. It's a big advantage for all of the less likely to win teams it just it just is but it, it but it is more of an advantage for the rockies because of uh you know the coors field hangover effect the the limits for that kind of stuff to take over um to be a problem even if you look at like the division they're inside of whatever it may be and so yeah it's there's a lot of teams right now saying to themselves a 60 game season is our best chance ever it's just it's also just slightly more true for the rockies than it is for some of those other teams because of the extra things that come with Coors Field. And suppose this, when players are coming into Coors Field, they haven't, you know, been in their rhythms of hydrating well and doing this, that, and the other. So I think that could benefit Colorado more this season than, than any other because guys are kind of out of those routines. They're just trying to start up with all of those things, and they could easily lose sight of that i think rockies players they know what they're dealing with you know they could be at a disadvantage too because you know they're jumping in the middle of the summer on the you know the hottest days of the year in denver and so you you go wow you're going from spring training to you know these extreme conditions but i think they will adapt better than anyone who comes in to visit sure it'll be three or four days for for you know the road team but i think colorado you know, would, would benefit from that. They would be able to deal with those things uh, much more professionally than, you know, a, a road team. One thing, you know, I did last year with a lot of the teams when I would go into the visiting clubhouse, especially to the young guys, and I'd say, what have you heard about Coors Field? And, you know, what, what have some of the veteran players tipped you off to? And, and there's, you know, they, they're telling me to hydrate. Like, that's like a big deal, you know? And, and sometimes you have to, to, to live to learn. And you go... All right, well, my first two years, you know, I was I was three for 25 combined at Coors Field, and everyone talks about, oh, man, it's a hitter's haven, and, you know, I should be padding my stats, but I have not been, you know, feeling well. I, I went out, I wanted to see Denver, and went out with some friends, and shoot, that was a real mistake. So, yeah. you know, depending on, on what the uh, the roster is, is comprised of, you could have a, a couple of young guys maybe making those poor choices, not knowing what's ahead of them, and all right, there's a couple extra wins that go Colorado's way, and those couple extra wins are really going to be worth three times as much as they would normally be. 
That's that's a that's a six or seven game swing, right there, just because of the extreme environment that they play in. Totally. And another thing we've talked about on this podcast a lot is the odd balance of the Rockies. Like you you could be the biggest Rockies hater in the world, and some of those people are also Rockies fans, which is fun and interesting. <laughs> but um, the the biggest non-believer. And their ability to compete in a, in a normal season coming into the, this year, looking at the roster or whatever. But even you would have to recognize that compared to whatever other teams you think are bad in the game of baseball, Baltimore Orioles, Seattle Mariners, the, the Reds are improving. They're, I don't know if you put that, the Miami Marlins are a team you would put in that category. Some other, the Tigers and Sox have gone out and done some things, but still, they don't have the star talent that the Rockies do. We've talked about that. They don't have Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, these guys who can win you a game. Now, over the course of 162, that gets mitigated. The number of times your three or four star position players can just win you a baseball game. Um, but in 60, those games stand out a lot more. The ability, particularly of those three guys in the clutch, Nolan, Trevor, and Charlie, uh, who've been extraordinary in you know those close ball game moments? Uh, that that could be huge. And we'll say it's twelve starts for a five man rotation plus a few postseason games. So Marquez or Gray could both pull out a thirteen three run. Yeah, in sixteen games, you tell these young, these twenty seven. Remember, John Gray is the old man of this rotation at twenty seven years old, and his biggest issue. By far in his career, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. I'm excited now today. This is great. Um, has been his stamina. Has been maintaining his body weight, maintaining his strength, and, and being able to be consistent. Consistent. You give John Gray and Hermen Marquez like a two-month sprint. Um, I'm very, very excited to see what those guys could do. You brought up an interesting point about the Rockies having three stars. Right. And it, and it got me to thinking that, you know, baseball will never be, you know, a, a you know, a, a one star game right. changer league. You know, it, it's just not the way I think, you know, football obviously is, is very much a team game. But all it takes is one guy to be dominant enough to make everybody around him that much better. NBA, of course, we we see that. But with the trio of Arenado, Story and Blackman combined those guys have 11 all-star appearances. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the best is by any other trifecta of guys, but there you know, might not be too many teams that have three guys that have at least had multiple all-star appearances do that, right? So um, obviously, you know, you could have a guy like Miguel Cabrera, and you go, all right, well, he's, he's got probably about nine or ten and then all you need is, you know, you, it doesn't even matter right there. All you need right. is one guy to have one all-star appearance. Cameron Mabin maybe uh, made it once when he was with <laughs> the Marlins in his early days. <laughs> right, and, right. and your third guy has no all-star appearances. Hey, that's all. that ties the Rockies with 11. No, but if you actually look at guys who have been there, that, that could be a, you know, a, a big advantage, um, at least more than other seasons. Again, Nolan Arenado is not going to win a game all by himself consistently on a, a night in night out basis as 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 great of offensive games that he's had well he's had a pitcher to go ahead and 
and shove against the other team or minimize the damage and the bullpen comes in so even when you look at something like that it's not just one player who's dominating but if you can have three of those players stacked together like the rockies do yeah that little bit of a difference could help now you've got two guys doing it and maybe doing it you know on a more frequent basis so Throwing David Dahl into the mix too, you you know had right. had twenty twenty played out a little bit better. You could have four uh, players, position players that had multiple All Star game appearances. So, you know it things. Will's right. You know things are stacking up. Every team can say that in a shortened season. You've got a smaller sample size, so it, it could take anything to get good. And depending on what kind of trade deadline we get, you make a couple moves what you wouldn't have normally, right? Because you're not going to start making a trade until game 90, 95, whatever it is. Now, you know, you, you have a good 35-game run. That That's the first week in May, ultimately. And now we're saying, hey, it's it's game 36. Let's pull the trigger on that deal and, and, and make a deal. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. Yeah. I'll throw a little cold water on it before we get into our next topic and say there is one flip side to it that I just realized, uh, depending on how you feel about the Rockies bullpen. I think they've got the pieces to be fine, uh, especially if they're not going to be stretched thin in a longer season. But if you were of the mind that the bullpen is officially and literally a dumpster fire, which is what it was for most of last season, to be fair, um, then that's twice as bad in a season like this. If they're going to be bad, um, then it's going to cost them that much more. Than it'll uh, A bad bullpen will be twice as unbearable in a shortened 2020 campaign. So uh, Wade, Wade Davis's they're... turnaround is that much more important for this team now. No, no, you're, 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 you're very much right. The only caveat to that is there's some semblance of hope in the sense that with expanded rosters, you know, that means... That means with, with 30 guys on the bench, maybe 35, and the 40-man roster maybe becoming 50 or 60, you know, we, we, we don't have those details yet, you now have more guys that you can go to to say, so-and-so is not getting it done. So boom, we're gonna we're gonna bring this other guy in right now. I, you don't know you don't know when to t- to cut the cord, right? How many appearances? How many times does a guy do it where you go, we we just know we can't count on it, or we can't afford to count on it? So it by the time you you do something like that, you know it could be too late. But they they are going to have that option, and they've got you know plenty plenty of young guys who have you know their their numbers might not be terribly flashy, but they've they've played in those volatile ballparks coming up all through the the minor leagues. So again, all it takes is one or two guys you get catch lightning in a bottle, and next thing you know, Ryan Rollison's your eighth inning guy, mm. you know, making the bridge to Scott Oberg and. Colorado Rockies have just won their first NL West pennant. There you go. Heard it here first. Book it, folks. So we'll let you know if any news (laughs) comes across the wire. Hopefully some will. Uh, I do want to move into sharing uh, something very special and near and dear to my heart with all of you, but something that's more recent and special and near and dear to my heart is also the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming, and those are our friends over at WGT Golf, the most popular and beloved golf game in the world, loved by more than 20 million players around the world, including the two of us. You can play from the comfort of your couch or anywhere on the go. You can play on your laptop, on your phone, uh, closest to the hole or full stroke play, 
all kinds of world-famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth, Pla Beth Page Black, St. Andrews, Wolf Creek, and more. Uh, you can challenge any number of us in the DNVR community, including all of us on staff. We've got bi-weekly, semi-weekly, that term is always a little bit confusing, every other week tournaments. Uh, on, on Sundays, we have opens and, and majors and all kinds of fun stuff that you can get involved in with, talk a little trash, have a little fun. Uh, I use it to relax. I just like whacking the golf ball around and, you know, if it goes in the water, it goes in the water. I, you know, that, that's, there's a certain satisfying element to that too. Just happy Gilmore it out there and just whack away at the thing. Whatever you do, however you choose to enjoy it, I do highly recommend you download WGT Golf today over at dnvrgolf.com. It is a whole lot of fun. Speak. Yeah, there it is. See what you did there. A Get whole yeah. lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So we're going to move now into a, a new segment that, that we're doing, and we're working on getting a graphic. And, of course, by we, I mean Eric <laughs> D-Line is, is working on, on, on a graphic for us here. For our memorabilia minute, we want to show off some of our favorite pieces of baseball memorabilia, whether they be new or old. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to have guests come on and share their favorite pieces of memorabilia with us. And hopefully uh, some of you out there listening to this before too long, uh, we're going to start having uh, probably next Wednesday uh, more interactive show for you. So be on the lookout for that. We'll, we'll plug it a bit more heavily once we're feeling confident that next Wednesday is the day, but we're like 90%. So get ready for next Wednesday to be a big day for us. Uh, for, and for our describe our, our subscribers in the discord chat rooms, if you, if you poke us enough, we might give you some of the, the hints. So again, our exactly. subscribers in discord, go ahead. And that's, uh, and that's also where we're going to go ahead and maybe, take some of the participants in some of the games that we do play coming up. So keep your eyes peeled for that in the coming week. Exactly right. And so the next couple of things we're going to do here, are some examples of, of some things some of y'all could join us to do for now. I get to play because it's my show <laughs> and I want to play. Uh, so first I've, I've, I've got this piece of memorabilia. It was actually the first thing I grabbed when Patrick and I were talking about doing this as a segment and it's a really cool thing. We, we found this kind of recently unearthing some stuff. And it is a Grand Junction Rockies program from 2013. You see right there, game day. Young John Gray right there. Rymal Toppy over there on the other side. Now, there are a few things about this, and I, and I need to make one clarification so that I literally don't get in any trouble for this. Um... I got this my first year uh, writing about the Rockies at all. And I was not a credentialed member of the media yet. Uh, if I was, this would, be, this would be highly inappropriate that I got this signed. And it's not something... In fact, this is the only collection of signatures I have uh, at all from anybody inside the Colorado Rockies organization. Obviously, I will never, ever, ever, ever sell this. That's not what it was for. This was to commemorate my first summer of 2013 being literally out with a, a yellow notepad and a pen in hand, uh, talking to these young ball players and, and scribbling down some notes 
And so I and, did and get, so ultimately yeah. you were going to the game as a fan and hoping to your fandom would transition to an article for a blog. And so ultimately you, you were just a fan trying to be a journalist. I mean, I was writing for Purple Row at the time, but it was, you know, it, I didn't, I had just gotten my foot in the door. Um, so yeah, just total fan blog. I, I didn't have a, a pass. I didn't have a, I had no credential, nothing like that. I literally just walked in and was like, is it okay if I walk? And it's very, as, as you've now learned, uh, it can be very casual down at the minor leagues and it can be relatively easy to approach the players um, as a fan. And so, yeah, I, w- I was down there writing for Purple Row. Um, so I, I knew I was going to write stuff and, and put some articles up for them, but I, I had no experience having done this before. My first time ever interviewing a baseball player. Um, yeah. It, it, it and was, uncredentialed, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, totally uncredentialed. Because exactly. it literally, and, and, and if you're wondering, like, why? It literally says on the back of our credentials, you do not get autographs from players. So that's the thing I would come to learn later that this is very much taboo. So it's the reason why we're... we're and you <laughs> didn't know at the time because you were uncredentialed. No idea, right, because I'd never gotcha. seen a credential before. Um, and so there are a couple little, there, there's John Gray's on there. Um, the pitching coach at the time, Bob Apodaca was out there. Um, obviously Tapia, uh, you can see in these old ones, um, they, they put, you know, they've got all the players in there and you can see, I think it's on this page, a couple of couple of young guys there, Ryan McMahon and Dom Nunez on that team, both big leaguers now. Uh, yeah, just a little memento from that, that first season out in Grand Junction. The thing that stood out immediately when you showed me that was was the quality. Because, you know, I've, I've again, gone to numerous minor league games, and a lot of teams will ultimately opt to give away a program that is much smaller. It's almost like the uh, the old school TV guide size, you know, magazine and you just give it away. Hey, it's got all the advertisements in it because if you don't sell a program, that is money that is lost. Like you you wasted that money to print it up, then it just sits in a box somewhere whereas if you give it out, now it's a little bit more, you know, fan engagement and, you know, encourages guys uh, fans to keep score and things of that nature. So that was a large full, you know, magazine uh, great yeah. quality. It's got all the all the pictures in there, and um, I, I I going to Sky Sox games. You know, '90s and, and and during the 2000s even. I don't even think they had anything that was as as quality as that. So, you know, kudos to uh, the Monforts who who own the Grand Junction Rockies. They uh, I think they moved there after the 2011 season or was it the 2011 season yeah. uh, where they were the Casper Ghosts moved to Grand Junction. And yeah, the rest is history as far as they go. There's there's a lot of fun and interesting uh, stuff in here. Some of the names of the guys that made it, obviously, you, you know, most of them. A lot of the ones who came close. They have the 2012 Pioneer League All Stars, the ones from the year before the inaugural, and it was Scott Oberg, David Dahl, and Eddie Butler. Wow. Young David Dahl. There's so what you're Scotty saying o. is. If you make the all-star team in the Pioneer League and you still have four levels to go in the minors, you're a lock to make make it in the majors. Lock. A lock. lock. 
a lot. That's pretty uh, good. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a good one. That was a, a good final. We were Did you keep for score for that game? Uh, I had, well, you I had covered notes. a bunch. Of, yeah, yeah. So I, I I covered a bunch of games that year um, for the Grand Junction team, and I know they made it to the postseason, and I wasn't there for that. Um, I think they maybe got through the first round and then lost in the second. I can't. And their postseason's really weird down there too, because they do like the half a season, the first half of the season, and the second half of the season champions. Um, but. Uh, they had also like graduated a bunch of guys or whatever, but I remember being there at the end of the year and it, 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 it was, there was just a special feeling uh, about that group of players. Um, you know, I'm sure Carlos Estevez would give me a hard time for the fact that I didn't grab his autograph. I, I was asking him to translate for guys to bring him over to, uh, you know, he made it to the bigs. He was on that team. Um, but yeah, they they were a really they were a really good ball club, especially for a you know a rookie level team. You could see a lot of talent out there, and a lot of those guys have made it and are still you know trying to prove their thing, do the, do the the next step. It was an extraordinarily talented group, and and they continued to go on to win because I think it was that next year they they won in Asheville, the South Atlantic League, right. and you know uh, depending on on which guys you look at, they contributed to a, a wild card berth and in. 2017 uh they won the the wild card game in, in 2018 to go into the nlds so you know the the rockies ultimately they don't value winning per se they value development over winning but you know some organizations think hey if you can win at the lower levels that you know kind of uh, instills a certain value in 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 the point you know as far as winning a game and and, and doing everything that it takes and not worrying about your development and worry about the whole team aspect and and how that can carry into the majors and kind of that 2013 Grand Junction Rockies that that you shared with us, they're they're doing that right now for for the big league major league Colorado yeah, Rockies. There was a, there was a big coalescing there that next season where um, some older guys came into the organization, some guys who had been in uh, for for David Dahl, it was an injury, so he needed to be he needed a repeat at Asheville just to make sure he was ready to get bumped up. Uh, for Kyle Freeland, it was the other way around. He had got drafted and he'd gone quick through Grand Junction, uh, so a lot of talent just sort of centered very quickly in Asheville in 2014 with Ryan Altapia and Ryan McMahon and John Gray and, and those guys from the year before. Although I don't think, I think Gray had moved on by that one. I think he, he was long gone. He was the one guy from that 13 team who just so quickly he went past all of them. Um, but Tapia McMahon, Dahl, Freeland, Antonio Sensatella they made sure was on that team. Carlos Estevez was on that team. I think Pat Valleca was on that team. Uh, a lot of contributions from those guys that ended up winning the championship in 2014 with Asheville. Uh, and then a lot of those guys would go on to be, you know, the first members of the yard goats and deal with that whole, every game on the road, no home games, weird season that they did with the yard goats. And then, um, you know, are, are, are now trying to prove what they're worth here with the Colorado Rockies. And it's going to be fun to see what they do over these next couple of years. Yeah, you also had Jordan Patterson who's on that 2013 team. My guy. For for the Grand Junction Rockies and you uh, you had Jose Brisenio who was a catcher 
Um, yep. Still is a catcher, and he's, he's since made his debut with the Angels. Uh, went over to their organization. And then a guy by the name of Joel Piamps, who was 19 yep. at the time. Uh, I'm not sure how he left the organization, but he ultimately made his debut last year with the Diamondbacks at the yep. age of 25. I remember when they brought him out, I was like, whoa, no kidding. Piamps? vaguely recall him. Brasenio, I remember getting traded to the Brave. I remember Jose Brasenio hitting a couple of like tennis racket home runs, just like holy crap. Strong kid. Not a great catcher to my recollection, but he was big big, strong kid. Yep. Uh, a few other just personal favorites from that team. Zach Jemiola was my first interview ever. Great guy. Uh, good pitcher, man. Just, you know, he got up to AAA. Had some hard times staying healthy a couple of times. Uh, didn't quite work out for him. A very similar story with uh, Corel Prime. Great, great guy. Uh, great big guy. Um, and, you know, overcame some obstacles of, you know, baseball not being his most natural sport and, and, and turned himself into a, a pretty good hitter, but never never fully materialized. Or we should say hasn't yet. You never know with these guys. Um, you know, there's... The game tells you eventually when, when you've got to give it up. I don't know that either of those guys have, have officially retired, but I don't think they're they're actively in the game right now. But great, great guys, and uh, that was a fun team. It was a really fun team in Grand Junction. So now we move into a new fun game. And by the way, as we do this, if you like new if you like new fun games, get into rugby. Rugby is not new, but it's new. it might be new to you. It's new to me, um, despite the fact that my dad played rugby. I never understood it. I still don't fully, but I'm starting to get the hang of it. And one of the reasons why is because I have got the support of our guy, Colton Strickler, over there at DNVR Raptors. You should check out the DNVR Raptors podcast as soon as you're done listening to this. If you've got any interest in learning about rugby, learning a new sport, you know, they might have rugby this year and there might not be any baseball. So this may be the time to get in on it. We've also been having DNVR watches. You can use that hashtag DNVR watches parties a lot of times on Saturday and Sunday. We're, I don't think we have any coming up right now, but be on the lookout for them for the DNVR Raptors games. It's a good time to watch some old games. You can learn a lot about the sport and again colton's got those 101 pods he's got interviews with the players really in-depth stuff uh, he's got a lot of access down there so if you want a new team to root for you want new cool colors to wear some dope merch that you can go and buy a team you can support and root for and a sport that maybe comes with slightly less complications than you're <laughs> feeling about this one right now I highly recommend checking out Rugby, the DNVR Raptors podcast with Colton Strickler, and our friends, the Colorado Raptors, who are built like trucks and a lot of fun to watch do that rugby. All right, I'm going to wrap up today's show, and unless we have to go long because news breaks, and if n real news breaks we'll find a way to come back and, and talk with you for a bit if something goes down here this evening. But we want to start a new game. And again, Eric, hard at work already uh, on graphics. We're going to make these things uh, fun and interactive for everybody to do. And, and hopefully I, I don't embarrass myself and we scare people off here on this first one, Patrick. And have well, we folks even can participate right at now? home. That's right. Folks right. can participate at home on this one. So 
I'll hide like the, the chat so I'm game. not cheating. So I'm not cheating. I won't look at the <laughs> chat. I've hit it. I've got our private chat up, so I won't see public chat. If you want to play the game, I will still... Working title on the name. That's one thing I, I realize is that remember the game is... You know, we'll see. We'll it's see. vague. What does that mean? What no. are we remembering? No. You've got what an about idea. Name the game. Name yeah. the game. Okay, maybe. Maybe I have a better idea. Remember the game sounds better. Name the game might give you more of an inkling right. as to what it is. But if you're wondering what it is... <laughs> What we're going to do is we're going to take some games from Rocky's history. Some of them will be notable. Some of them may just be some games. Uh, and we're going to challenge the player, in this case me, to name as many participants in that game as they can. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully we can add certain stakes and over-unders and, and all of that to it. I think Patrick's got an over-under here for us today, so we'll... Uh, you know, that'll be based on on his assessment of, of what I really should be able to get here. Uh, so it'll go like this. Patrick's about to give me a game. I'm going to try to name as many people as I can who played in that game. I've got three times to say a name of somebody that didn't play in the game. In other you, words, three outs. Yeah. If, you name, if you name a guy who... Oh, uh, Drew, that guy never played for the Rockies, and he never played for the other team. That was an awful guess. Game's not over. You get three bad guesses. Right. Like, okay. you know, three strikes, you're out, or three outs to end an inning. I don't know. I'm just spitballing this uh, on the fly. There's there's no real reason why we selected three, other than the <laughs> fact that there are multiple reasons why we selected three. All of three. the reasons. You'll notice themes as we start introducing these, and numbers in baseball are important. So... Patrick, what do you got? So, I will tell you the game, then I'll set the over-under. The game is October 24th, 2007. Game one of the 2007 World Series between the Colorado mm. Rockies at the Boston Red Sox. The Ooh. game was played at Fenway Park. 36,733 were in attendance for this game. The first World Series game in Boston since, well, 2004. The national anthem was, it wasn't sung. It was actually arranged by the, the great uh, composer John Williams. Oh, he, sure. he arranged yeah. it specifically for game one. It was played by the Boston Pops. Now, there were 30 players who featured in this game oh, in man. total. 21 hitters, 9 pitchers. And I have set the there, uh, and there are two. Mm, I'm not going to say this part yet. We'll work that kinks out. But I'm going to set the over under since I feel like Drew will Ugh. be able to name most of the Rockies players. I'm no. going to set the over under a little high, but I th I think you can I think you can go over. I got confidence in you is what I'm okay. saying. All right. The over under is thirteen and a half. Ugh. I got confidence that you okay. can name the entire Rockies lineup right there. That would be nine guys. Yep. That okay. would be nine guys. You might be able to get the starting pitcher. Maybe you jostle over to the Boston side of things. But ultimately, 30 players <clears throat> were featured in game one of the 2007 World Series between the Rockies and Red Sox. And Drew is looking to try to name 14, 14. or more. The over-under is 13 and a half. If he gets one wrong, that will be an out. And he gets three of those before 
game is over. All right. Okay. So, Drew, are you ready to remember the game? I'm ready. I'm ready. Here we go. I'm going to try to start with the easy ones. That's how you do it. I I think that's going to be, we're going to see that's the the way to play this. (laughs) I'm going to go with Matt Holiday. Good. I'm going to go with Brad Hobb. Still good. I'm going to go, I think I know who is playing center, but before I get an out, I just want to feel good about some stuff. So I'm going to go around the infield now and say, Garrett Atkins. Here we go. Troy Tulowitzki. Kazuo Matsui. Todd Helton. And Yorvit Torrealba. Okay. 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 Making your way there. Um, Jeff Francis was on the hill. Jeff Francis. Jeff, oh, going immediately to the starting pitcher. Okay. You're okay. correct. Okay, I'm going to say that playing center field for the Rockies was Willie Tavares. Willie Tavares. That's correct. Okay, all right. So, okay, so that gives so you eight in the starting side. lineup and the starting pitcher, so you are right. currently at nine. You are currently at nine. You still have all three of your outs. You need four more to hit the over. So the easy Boston guys are Manny and Poppy. Got them both. You're at 11. I'm going to say that... Josh Beckett was the starter. Was their starting pitcher? Well, he wouldn't have played any other position. <laughs> so if he played in the game, I'm at. I'm at a reach on that one. You got it. Oh, let's go! I cut. I was. Let's go. I, okay. All right. Okay. Um, now you're now at twelve with still three outs to go. I'm going to say catching for the Red Sox was Jason Veritek. Okay. Very nice. At third base, Mike Lowell. Mike Lowell at third base. That's correct. Let's go. Uh, that gives me, am I, am I at 13? Am I right at? That gives you 13, yes. No, it gives you 14. You got it. You okay, won. I, I, I won. There you go. I wonder how many I, others I knew I you could get yet. those guys. I Mike Lowell was the one that took me the, lo- the longest to remember, and honestly, I'm starting to dry up on their position players after that. It's it, it Was Pedroia very young at second base? Dustin Pedroia at second base? You'd be correct. Okay. Um, who would have been their shortstop? Oh, uh, was it Alex Gonzalez? Alex Gonzalez. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Ah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on their their outfield, other than Manny, obviously, and left. Um, 
And then Papelbon, I know, was on that team, but I doubt he had to pitch in that game because the Rockies got waxed. So, so are you tapping is... out? Are we just talking now? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you won. I guess because okay. I won, but I am. I, I wanted to see if I could get a few more. You know. All right. So, so give me yeah. an official guess. Do you have an yeah. official guess? I'm gonna say Papelbon did not pitch in that game. Okay. So you didn't say anything. Um. Who else? Uh, Trot Nixon? Trot Nixon did win a World Series with Boston. Yes, but not in 2007. Christopher Uh, Trotman Nixon was his full name. Trot Nixon. That's a name that it's not come into my brain and out of my mouth in many years. Former Trenton Thunder outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm tapping out. I think, I, think I, I think that's all I can name. I'm trying to... Not bad. I know I should know who their center fielder was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go back to let's go back to the Rockies. Now, this was played in an American League ballpark, so there was a designated hitter. Wow. Who hit ninth and was the DH for that game? He had three plate appearances. He did draw a walk. Seth Smith? Not Seth Smith. Hmm. I'm guessing you've probably had him on the podcast. Guessing you've had him on the podcast. Not Spilly, is it? No. Ryan Spillboard was the DH in game one of the 2007 World Series. Interesting. Throw out out one reliever, and I'll I'll give you the list after that. A A Rockies reliever who would have come into that game? Hurgis? He was used in... (laughs) <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> Matt Hurgis would be correct. Franklin Morales, Ryan Spear, then it was Hurgis, Jeremy Affelt, and Latroy Hawkins. Jeremy Affelt was on that team. Now for the Red Sox, at first base uh, was a converted third baseman. He, his nickname was he, he featured prominently in uh, Michael Lewis's book Moneyball. His nickname was the Greek God of Walk. Oh, I forgot about Kevin Euclid. Euclid, that's right. Okay. Now, interestingly enough, David Ortiz was uh, pinch hit for by, uh, I'm not sure who he's a hitting coach with. He was with the Cubs, I think, at one point. He was a, a rookie of the year, not many remember as a rookie of the year, but Eric Hinsky, he sure. came in in that game. Uh, replacing Manny uh, as a defensive replacement was... Uh, his first name is Covelli, but you know him better as having a alliterative breakfast oh, cereal Coco, sound. Coco name. Crisp. Coco Crisp. Covelli Coco Crisp. Lois Crisp. That's right. We also have we also have uh, in right field was a gentleman who was drafted, I believe, second overall by the Phillies. In 1998, but he did not sign. He played independent baseball with the St. Paul Saints, and thus he is forever hated in Philadelphia. That would be J.D. Drew. J.D. Drew. There are two shortstops in the game. One of them was an Alex, but it was Alex Cora, who would later go on to manage that team, of course, and then not manage that team. Uh, (laughs) Julio Lugo was the starter in that game, and... Uh, the second of the active players, I say active, not physically, but I just don't think 
that Pedroia has retired, nor has this other player. I couldn't tell you what team he's on. He did finish up with the Yankees. I think he might just be a free agent getting paid about $20 million this year. That would be Jacoby Ellsbury. Jacobs. And out of the bullpen. Yeah, and out of the bullpen for the Red Sox was Mike Timland. And the man mm. who had who saved, I believe, eighty-four consecutive games without blowing a save, Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne. I forgot he was on that Red Sox team. I did dude. too, to be honest. I totally forgot that one. That's a good pull because obviously Papelbon was their closer. That was past Gagne's prime, but that's pretty fascinating. And yeah, it sounds like, at least according to our source commenter Edmund, <laughs> Edmund Neeson coming in with some news saying the players... It's not undisclosed? It's not an undisclosed? <laughs> We're just putting him out there? Sorry, man. Sorry, We're... sorry. We, we exposed our source on this one. We're going 6-9 uh, on that. Sorry. <laughs> Full text expect. Uh Yeah, so he also says 35-5. to five against let's talk about that in just one second because if we're gonna get right back into the weeds right back into the dirtiness of it a little bit which it looks like we're gonna have to do first we got to remember how important it is to stay clean smooth fresh and do so with manscaped your balls well thank you that's right you can make that sound without any of the ouchin and allen and cutting none of the nicks none of those problems just the clean, crisp sound of getting yourself nice and fresh with the Lawn Mower 3.0. It is beautifully designed to reduce any nicks and tugs and pulling and none of that stuff. I've been using it regularly, never had an issue. Issue, you can get that LED light down there too, a little bit of extra comfort to make sure you're getting everything covered. And the best thing is honestly that once you're done with that, you don't just have a much cleaner situation downstairs. You can get yourself fresh and smell good, whether it's with the deodorant that comes in the Perfect Package 3.0, whether it's the spritzer that you get, a little de-chafing stuff, whatever it is, there's three different wonderfully smelling products that can make sure you are the best you that you can be. And believe me, you're going to feel better Anybody who's paying special attention to the parts that you want special attention paid to, they're going to appreciate it. And you can make sure that everybody is in on the action. That's right, because you know Father's Day is coming up. It might feel weird. It might be bad. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Everyone's got to stay manscaped. Everyone's got to be fresh and clean. No reason to be awkward about it. Feel good. Feel fresh. Dad's got to feel fresh. You want to help him out. So make sure you use the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off. You'll be able to get yourself feeling your absolute best. And you'll get free tripping, a little travel bag included for free in there. It really is the perfect package for your perfect package. And so, Patrick, it would seem, in all likelihood here, that the players have indeed rejected the proposal and again without knowing or hearing official news uh if this is true i would suspect that again it's it's based more on leverage than anything else and this is where you start to lose people publicly when they go can we just have baseball that sounded fine i'm gonna i, I you know i anticipate and we do want to wrap up here because we want to have full details before we we weigh in heavily but 
You know, that, that's kind of what I suspect will be the initial reaction from people is, man, I thought we were so close. I thought we had a deal. Um, maybe Rob Manfred will step in and just implement a season before we get there. But what, what's your initial reaction to this? Yeah, I know that there are several owners, uh, according to Bob Nightingale, that are pleading with the commissioner to go ahead and implement a season. But it should also be noted that the commissioner can implement, you know, a, a 60, 50 to 60 game season, whatever he wants. Or he could also cancel the season. That is in his power, and that would be that would be awful for the image of baseball yeah. in, in, in such a major way. I, th- I And I don't know if it's worse than what happened in 94 with the strike. I don't know. My, my initial instinct is to say, yeah, of course, it's, that's worse. We need baseball you know, more than ever, but, but maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't have baseball. Maybe we shouldn't have you know, a reminder of normalcy. Maybe we need to get through this. Maybe we just need to take this, you know, this virus more seriously so that we can have everything back, you right. know? So, right. so I, I, I really don't I know. I wish that I, was the reason the owner, I, I know what you're saying. Right, though, exactly. Right? And, it's, and, it's, just a, it's just a major black eye yeah. if, if it comes down to something like that. So, man, it, and, and we might not even get that decision from Manfred today on Tuesday don't know don't know what it's it's gonna take he could wait to say you know where hey we're talking with with health officials and in our you know 26 27 cities around the United States to see what it's gonna look like to can we actually implement the spring training 2.0 I know part of the uh, agreement that was voted on today I think uh, allowed teams for up to three exhibition games of, of some some type I'm not sure if that meant teams coming in to Denver or were the Rockies going elsewhere or if that meant, you know, a, a team of college players. Just not not clear entirely because yeah. you can have exhibition games, you can have scrimmages, you know, with, with your own players. So, yeah, there, there's still so much to unravel and here we are another day down the drain and we still don't have an answer as to how many games we're going to have in 2020 or if there will even be a baseball season. It's in Rob Manfred's hands now. It's it's up to him. So, yeah. And on that note, <laughs> sorry, folks. That's just where we are. Hopefully, we're back soon with an update. Uh, if not, just, you know, everybody uh, take care of each other out there. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, please continue to, you know, follow us on all the social media stuff. Subscribe to the DNVR.com all of the different podcast uh, feeds including if you're into it hopefully i would appreciate it the dnvr gaming feed uh we're doing some fun conversations over there and we've appreciated people who've jumped on board we've got all kinds of fun stuff for sale at the dnvr merch store and you can get some of that stuff without having to wait on shipping if you head down to the dnvr bar and uh, it's, it's very safe down there. We've got stuff marked off. Everyone's following the rules. There's hand sanitizer provided. People are wearing masks when they're up from their tables. Everyone is social distancing. And the food and beer is delicious. So, uh, And you can go buy a couple of shirts while you're down there, too. Or get one of our masks. Those, I, I wear my DNVR mask every time I go out, which isn't often because it shouldn't be. But uh, Otherwise, just... Keep being awesome out there. Keep being baseball fans. I know it's tough right now, um, but the love for the game will never go out. Uh, This, too, shall pass, as they say. Well put. Well put.
for everyone out there, just keep being awesome. We'll keep being Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com